Welcome to the Together for Good podcast, a podcast specifically designed to inspire, challenge, and uplift you during your daily walk of faith. Our episode today continues the Advent theme of hearing stories of hope, and this week I'm sitting down with Paula Wills, a member of the Bethany staff. She's the director of the Sounds of Praise Choir, as well as, I believe I'm getting this right, like the Creative Worship Coordinator. She'll correct me if I'm wrong on that front. But Paula is wise and uh, funny and articulate, and I really enjoyed this conversation. She has a really fun way of kind of talking about this journey of hope that we're doing all throughout Advent here at Bethany, each of the different weeks, kind of going to different locations. And she just did this awesome uh, kind of outline of how she explored that through three, four different stories, I should say. So anyways, it's a great conversation. You're really going to enjoy it. Paula, again, is it has just some incredible things to say, some real nuggets of wisdom. And we always have a lot of fun just chatting together. So I hope you enjoy it. As always, thanks for your support of the podcast. Please uh, continue to share this with family and friends. Let them know uh, this is a great way to enhance their Advent journey as we're all on it together. But now I turn it over to to Paula Wills as we talk about hope. Hey everybody, welcome to the Together for Good podcast. We are continuing to explore the theme of hope and we're doing that through talking with members of the Bethany staff. I am seated here with the one, the only, Paula Wills. Hey, Paula. Hey there. Paula loves coming on the podcast. I I hoped I hadn't wasn't going to, but I'm here. So but here you're here and we really appreciate it. And Paula has some really uh, fun and interesting ideas about hope. Just, so, just before we even get into that, um, Paula, you are the Creative Worship Director. Uh, creative Quarter- Arts Team Coordinator. Oh my goodness, there's so many words. I don't words. direct anybody, but I coordinate some stuff. <laughs> I think you do both and you do both really, really well. So thank if you. you like anything fun that's been happening in worship, you have mainly Paula's coordination to thank. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, and we, I mean, it's cool too. I'm glad that you're on for this because every year around the Advent season, we try to really, I think Advent lends itself to exploring a theme, doing some creative things in worship. Absolutely. Uh, and you, we, we've done that again this year. Hopefully you listeners have been able to engage in some of the worship here at Bethany, or even if you're afar and not a member of Bethany and you just listen to the podcast, um, we're excited to tell you about the way that things have been working here um, this season. And so, uh, Paul, why don't you, you, you were kind of a big part of that whole brainstorming process when we came up with this theme. Just tell us about the theme itself, just to start off. What are we doing during Advent? How does this work? Yeah. So the theme for this year for Advent is hope in different locations. And it's um, actually the pastors, you guys came up with this theme and then we helped bed it out a little bit. But uh, we have four different weeks and four different areas. And, and actually, we uh, sent a crew out into the field into the forest, on location yes. on location to do <laughs> some of the readings of the um the lessons uh-huh. and just to kind of get the actually get the physical um nuance around uh, the reading but right. also the reading maybe isn't um going to hit you over the head like i am in a forest or anything like that but you still get the feel for it. And then the pastors take that during their message and kind of incorporate it. Hopefully. I'm preaching this weekend. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm sure you'll do a great job. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, you can probably tell from what I said before. We did the locations that were chosen. We're hope in a field, hope in, a, in the forest, hope in the wilderness, and then hope in a child. And then I loved how the pastors wrapped it up 
on Christmas, the hopes and fears of all the years. Correct. And it all lands back to Jesus. It, all, it usually rolls around <laughs> well, to that Jesus. guy once in a while. <laughs> and yeah, it's, I, I agree. It's been really fun. I love, I wasn't a part of any of the filming of those videos and readings, but they did such a good job. And it's so cool to see that on a Sunday morning of someone reading this Bible story from a field. Yeah. And, they, and, they, and they went far. Like they were down in Chatfield, which is like a half hour away. Hey, and the right botanical gardens. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, so that's true. That is really far away. Um, yeah, botanical gardens and a bunch of different places to just help capture that, that scenery of it all. Yeah. And I agree, like it helps make it come alive a little bit more. Yeah. You might miss it otherwise. But um, I, I talked to Paula and I said, hey, Paula, you're up for the podcast because you're one of those staff members who's been avoiding me all fall. <laughs> and um, Paula's done this awesome job. I said, we're going to talk about hope. And she's kind of been thinking about all week these four different locations mm -hmm. and how she understands them in her life. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's get right into it. I want to hear about this. Talk to us about hope in a field and how you resonate with that particular theme. Yeah. And I'll just say, I think that is interesting as far as being in on the creative arts team. I take things so literally compared to all of you creative people who think outside the box. And you say box, and I think of a box. So <laughs> when you said hope in a field, I thought of a field. But um, it actually was, I just felt so blessed to grow up in Montana. And I lived on a, um, in a house slightly out of town, and we had this big um, hill behind us. Okay. And the hill was a grassy a grassy hill with hay, that type of thing, that kind of grass anyway. And um, when I thought of hope in a field, I used to think of when I was younger and all oh, those angsty days of middle school and high school, mm -hmm. when I just felt like I needed to get away, when things felt hopeless or frustrated or just didn't really feel centered, I would go and lay on that hill and just lay down in the grass and you disappear. The whole, the whole world disappears basically, except all you can do is look up. Mm -hmm. And yes, there might be clouds, but it also is just, I feel like time alone um, and time alone with God, a chance to pray, just mostly probably just laying there watching the birds go by, always recentered me. And I think recentering or coming back to um, the basics of life is, a, is a, a form of hope, if that makes sense. Yeah. If everything feels like it's out of whack, then it feels hopeless. But if things come realigned and, and a little more yeah. centered, then you feel more hopeful. I really love what you're describing there, too. Well, and also knowing a little of your story, you grew up with three sisters. Mm -hmm. So that's a pretty um, dynamic situation, I'm sure. And a female dog, too. So my dad was outnumbered <laughs> big time. <laughs> um, but this, uh, and also Montana, if I'm correct, is a, like the big sky state. Isn't That's that right. the correct nickname for it? Good job. And so there you go, out into the fields to look up at the big sky of Montana. Mm -hmm. But there is something about that sensation of when you feel overwhelmed, like you can't handle anything, to kind of put yourself in touch with something so much bigger and beyond yourself. Yeah. Right? Like I feel that all the time when I drive and look at the mountains here in Denver, of just like seeing that and feeling so small and yet so important and yet yet so hopeful all at the same time. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And, and I grew up in Bozeman, which for those of you on the podcast who have been to Montana and been to Bozeman, most people say, I wish I could live there. I mean, it's just beautiful. There's yeah. mountains on all sides. So where you look around, there's mountains, cool, but and, and a very big sky. <laughs> and a very big sky, hence the nickname. Oh, that's beautiful. I really appreciate that. And that's just such a good reminder. Um, I mean, just what a great practice, right? When, when you're looking for hope, when you're feeling despairing or overwhelmed, to just take a moment to try and find a way to step back step and step back out of and it. Step back remo and remove, yeah, remove yeah. yourself from, from that. And yeah, we did have 
a few battles with the girls and stuff like that. Darla and I had to share a bedroom all our lives, so there was lots of things to argue about. But uh, it, it wasn't that usually that drove me away. It just, yeah. Just life, yeah. Just absolutely. Life. And like you said, like as a teenager too, feeling angsty and yeah. It's a thing. <laughs> right. Problems seem bigger than maybe they actually are, but cool. I love that. All right. Moving on though. Yeah. Advent week two. Advent week two. Hope in the forest. Let's hope, hear it. Hope in the forest. And this is a maybe a silly little story, but we were just talking about it with my family. Um, we had a, a couple of horses, and uh, one day we decided as a family that uh, we were going to start on one side of a mountain range and then uh, ride to the other side of the mountain range. But we only had two horses, so only two people got to go. That and and. Everyone keeps saying, why is it that you went? Because my other sisters were all way more horsey than I was. I was more like softball and stuff like that. But uh, I went with my dad, and we started on one side, and then Mom and, and the other girls were supposed to take the car around to the far side of the mountain, other side of the mountain, and make up camp, and then we were going to ride all day and then meet them. So we're in the forest. So we're riding over this mountain range, Montana mountains, so gorgeous, lots of forests, lots of open vistas, and we ride all day. And uh, wow, if you've ever ridden a horse all day, you're ready to be done, uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> especially if you're in high school and haven't ridden much. So I was ready to be done, and we kind of smell a campfire when we get to where we're supposed to be, and it's so exciting to see what mom's made for dinner. And we ride into camp, and it is not mom. <laughs> oh, no. It's, it's not a, it is, yeah, there's, it's some other cowboys, actually, and their dogs and their, their horses and stuff, so that was not the right place. So dad and I go down the road a little farther. We go till it gets dark. And then we finally make camp underneath a tree. And it, it might actually have been summer, but that doesn't mean it doesn't freeze at night in Montana. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so we snuggled underneath this pine tree with the, uh, the wet horse blankets for cover. Oh, oh my gosh. delightful. <laughs> and uh, froze, basically, is what we did. But um, dad just asked me when I was home this last time, so were you... What was, how did you feel then? Did you feel, you know, were you scared? And I realized I wasn't. I, I mean, thinking back all those years ago, I wasn't frightened. I was cold, but I wasn't frightened. I wasn't scared because I was with my father. Mm -hmm. I was with my dad. I was with one who protects me. Yeah. So I didn't feel hopeless because I had a sense of family and community around me. So anyway, that was fine. In the morning, though, well, we found out. We finally did connect with my mom. She had gone to... There was a fork in the road, and she'd gone on one fork, and we'd gone on the other. Oh, no. And she and the girls had That's set why. up camp in a different place. And she honked the horn on our uh, 1967 Econoline van camper um, every couple, you know, every 20 minutes or so, so we could find our way. But all it did was keep the rest of the people in the campground from being able to sleep. <laughs> and, and I guess someone came up and said, well, I heard your distress calls, but... Anyway, they came down the road. We went up the road, and, and all, all and all was well. well. Oh all my was gosh! Well, but. <laughs> no, but I love what you're describing there too. Of right, like that you weren't overwhelmed in that moment for whatever reason because your father was with you, yep. and having that sense of like safety and security and protection. Um, yeah, that can be huge Maybe. for difficult situations. And it's just I, what really strikes me too is I was I was literally having a conversation earlier today with an individual who's going through a really hard time, but we talked about like this imagery of God as parent yeah. and how that can be really, really valuable at times to, to hone in on that, of like thinking of God as a loving parent, a protecting parent, the one who guides you, the one who maybe also like lets you get a little bit lost once in a while, you know, to, yeah. to learn a lesson or two. Uh-huh, a little discipline uh, here and there <laughs> exactly. maybe, exactly. But. Um, no, but I love, right, like yeah. just thinking about and connecting that idea with hope here is what you're doing, for me at least, yeah. of 
yeah, having your father with you is what kept that situation from probably becoming, would have been terrifying otherwise. Terrifying. Right? Like if it was just like, hey, Paul, go get on the horse and we'll meet you there and then you never find them. Absolutely. I would have been terrified. If it had been just the, like two kids or something, yeah, I would have yeah. been absolutely terrified. And we would have probably kept scrambling and looking and searching and seeking. Eventually heard the car horn. <laughs> uh, maybe if we got close enough. But it was really just a case where, you know, dad was, was so calm. You know, he stayed sure. calm, which made me calm too. But I, I think that's a way to you know, community and support like that definitely keeps you from being hopeless. So I guess I, I've kind of been focusing on things of hope being the opposite of hopeless, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think that makes perfect sense. Um, let's keep going. Okay. Hope in the wilderness. Hope in the wilderness. Yeah. So, and Nate knows, yeah, I've, I've been, we've been through some wilderness lately, it seems like. Um, and I've, I've always felt like we've Maybe you led a bit of a charmed life, if that makes sense. And mm, then in the last mm -hmm. five, six years, it's just been a little bit different. And part of that's growing older and maybe being more aware of things. But um, there's actually been some stuff that's been kind of hard, as I'm sure a lot of these listeners yeah. have been through as well. So to me, wilderness can be any place, any time, any time when you feel out of out of whack, <laughs> out of yeah. line. Maybe um, I actually said in staff meeting the other day that, I sort of felt like I'm a pinata and all of a sudden a big bat came in and hits you again and you start spinning out of control. And, and I, being a control freak, as you know from my, from... Paula makes a good spreadsheet. I love a good spreadsheet <laughs> and I love things to go to plan. I mean, come on, you, you, you make a detailed plan and then you check off the list and away you go. It hasn't been going that way uh, sometimes. So yeah. uh, five years ago, actually, um, end up having a breast cancer diagnosis that was not in the plan can you believe that it yeah. just wasn't in my plan and it didn't knock me off kilter as much as I thought it would perhaps or people think it might and I, I give that to uh, once again well the I'm gonna say in this case it was scripture and the power of prayer that kept me from being hopeless mm. um, there's I've got I've always done something during Lent instead of um, instead of uh, taking or giving something yeah, up. giving something up I've added something in my case nice. sometimes I do scripture memory and I've kind of done the same 40 verses for Lent if that makes sense 40 different scriptures for Lent for about the last 10 years because I keep kind of forgetting them but uh, a couple of those really focus on on hope mm -hmm. and um, and God being there and I'll, I'll share some of those in just a little bit but the other thing was truly was allowing people into my life to help me. I, I actually told people. I know sometimes people like to keep things like this private. Sure. But I asked for prayer support because um, in this situation and another one that I'll tell you about that happened in the next year, I, sometimes I just couldn't pray myself. Sometimes I mm -hmm. just didn't know what to pray or I was in a little bit perhaps mm -hmm. too much of a despair <laughs> sense of mind to, to pray. So um, other people praying for you can just, just move you along in a river of prayer. I'm really glad you said that too, because um, I also think, I th and I might have said this on a podcast recently, so forgive me if, if this is repeating myself, but I had a friend, um, and he said, the most spiritual thing you can ever say to someone is, can I pray for you right now? Most spiritual seven words you could ever say, can I pray for you right now? And I've really taken that to heart to just kind of recognize it too, of like, yeah, you know, when people, again, it's happened earlier today as I was talking with this individual who was going through a really hard time. Um, and I don't have any answers, right? Like the, 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 it's a difficult situation and I, and I, yeah. and I, and I shouldn't try and expect to fix it, but I can pray. Yeah. 
Um, and it's just amazing how that can change the entire tone and tenor of a conversation. Yeah. Um, and right, like it brings this knowledge of God's presence into the moment that we probably didn't notice before. It does, and it is it's so moving to have someone pray specifically for you, aloud, uh, aloud, aloud, yeah. uh, with you. It's just very, very moving, and especially even someone put your hands on you and to pray right. for you. It's just, it really is such a, um, a spiritual experience. It's lovely. And so, there's something about it that just can inherently give hope. Absolutely. Even if it's not giving an answer. It's, Right? It didn't fix anything. Fix, not in that exact anything. moment, right? Like you still went in for treatment, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. Even after all that prayer. But yeah. it just, suddenly it did fill you with hope. It gave you a way to face what was coming. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, completely. I love that. Yeah, it did fill you with hope. It also fills with peace. Peace and hope, mm -hmm. I think, <laughs> go together. Go hand in hand. Very well. Maybe Good the, Advent words. Maybe the joy wasn't there right then, but the, the peace and hope <laughs> definitely were. So, in fact, yeah, I'll just absolutely, i got to share Isaiah 41.10. I just have to share that. Th that became my... My, um, Your mantra? My mantra, it really is. And yeah. it says, um, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So it's just, whenever I was mm. feeling a little bit of despair and hopeless, I just think of that. And I also sometimes just reach out my hand and just think I'm holding his hand. I love that. Awesome. Yeah, and there's, I love to turning, like you're describing, turning to the words of scripture to kind of carry you when it's difficult. Because there is, we can think of it as just another book and words on a page, and yet these words have been so sacred and holy and used in all sorts of circumstances. And that's always, for me, that's really, there is just something mystical mm -hmm. about the scriptures that, that, I, that I like to allow myself to tap into. I tend to be a really logical person. But every now and then I want to make room for like the really deeply mystical spiritual piece too and just be like, I don't understand why these words mean so much yeah. and yet they do. They do. And to allow that and to they, happen. And they mean different things to you at different times yes. in your life. Yes, very good. I mean, I've probably yeah. heard Isaiah 41.10. <laughs> in fact, I have. Um, prior to when I read it out of the Jesus Always book when I was going through my cancer diagnosis, um, that's when it really hit me. But I realized a, a friend gave me a card that I'd written to her when she was going through something about 20 years ago. And I gave her that verse. I wrote that verse on the card to encourage her, Isaiah 41.10. Don't remember doing it. Don't remember ever <laughs> seeing it before until I read it in the Jesus no Always devotional. No way. But it's, it's funny because it just meant something to me at different times. So That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Week four, which week is four. hope in a child. Hope in a child. And... Um, so here's where I'm very blessed to also get to be the director of the Sounds of Praise um, Choir. So it used to be the Contemporary Choir way back in the day, Sounds of Praise Choir now. And when I, because of that, I get to um, select the music that we sing for services. And we are singing on Advent 4, which is the Hope in a Child Week. So and at one point, I probably spent two hours, maybe even more, going through all my music, reading all the lyrics of all these lovely and wonderful Advent songs. Mm -hmm. And I know you, I know you I love I love it. the Advent hymns. We might Thank have you. heard that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so these are more like Advent songs, I'll say. But um, just, it's amazing how moving the words can be. And I believe Pastor Gary actually mentioned something. He'd just been to a concert where before they played, before the Denver Brass right, they yeah, played, yeah. they talked about the meaning of perhaps the hymn they were going to play or things like that. And it's amazing how it recenters you and refocuses you to really 
read and listen to what you're singing when mm -hmm. you sing these hymns and stuff because they do have amazing words. And one of the songs that we're um, going to sing is um, The Hope of Christmas. And um, this is by Matthew West, and I was just going to share. Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, this is just the chorus, but it says, You're still the hope of Christmas. You're still the light when the world looks dark. You're still the hope of Christmas, and you're still the hope of my heart. So it's so amazing that this little baby, mm -hmm. that everyone just sees when he was born was just a little tiny baby, and in time is revealed to be the Savior of the world and is the hope for all of us through all time, through all the hopes and fears of all the years. I mean, how yeah. is that? It's yeah. just craziness. It's just amazingness. <laughs> and what's really cool, too, about that detail of the child, just thinking about your other stories of when you were in the wilderness with the cancer diagnosis, when you, were, when you went off to the field because you were feeling overwhelmed and teen angsty or whatever else it is, or when you are like, lost in the forest. Really, these are all incredibly vulnerable moments. Yeah like really scary, difficult moments. And I always hone in on the fact like there's something very profound that God chose to enter the world as a child. Because yeah. children are helpless. Helpless. Absolutely helpless. Right? Like having, I've had three, been able to raise three children um, beyond baby years, blessed be. <laughs> and it is, they rely on you for everything. Right? Like you cannot leave them alone ever, no. ever, ever, ever. Um, and... Yeah, but how profound that is. Like, that's how God chose to enter the world, is in like the most vulnerable, helpless way. But maybe that's so, when we feel vulnerable and helpless, we know that God's like been there. Been, God's been, been through there. that. God's yeah. with you now yeah. in that vulnerable, helpless moment. I, oh, I love that, Nate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yep. This is good stuff. I really, I, I really love, Paula, the way you kind of like just took us through all of this. Um, what are you, a really cool way to also highlight all the fun things we're doing here this Advent at Bethany, but also just a great way to structure this conversation. And I just have to say, um, Paula is so talented and so wise, and I hope you pick up on that here in this conversation. And she's always so humble about it too, so I get to do this publicly of just thank you for everything you do, for the person that you are, for the way that you share your light and your love with us. Like You are such a blessing to this place. Um, and listeners, I hope you get a sense of just what a gift Paula is. So thanks for coming on, even though I know it's not your favorite thing. Thank you, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, dear listener, for listening in. Stay in peace, everyone. Stay in hope.